are we missing another trillion dollars? Well, the first trillion, something I've talked about repeatedly before, that was, well, it wasn't really a trillion. It was around 850 billion. But at this point, 100 billion here, 100 billion there. What's the difference, right? Those were reserves that had just disappeared throughout the world during 2022, including a big chunk of it missing from China, which leads us into this other trillion, which may or may not be actually about a trillion, but it's, again, what's a couple hundred billion between friends here? Now, the Chinese have lost reserves, but they're also missing a gargantuan amount of money that should have shown up somewhere, but hasn't. And then to deepen the intrigue, to, to ripen the mystery even further, the People's Bank of China, where a good chunk of these missing reserves or missing dollars should be showing up, for some reason that hasn't been explained, they have not, Chinese authorities have not reported their November balance sheet update, as I said, where a good chunk of this money would show up if it was going to show up anywhere. So we're missing another trillion dollars from China. At the same time, China's experiencing somewhat of a, a, at least from the outside looking in, a little bit of a renaissance here because the zero COVID policies are finally within sight, if only to prove that zero COVID was a political creation, nothing to do with the pandemic. So with the end of zero COVID, there's a lot of optimism that perhaps China's economy will be finally set free to surge, to rebound, to recover, to rescue the rest of the global economy as it, it careens closer and closer to the precipice of recession. But if China's missing a trillion on top of other trillions that are missing, the prospects for avoiding a global recession may not be all that good. And maybe there's more to China than just the end of zero COVID. Now, there's a lot of stuff to go over here, including what's going on with the PBOC. And we'll get to that in just a minute. First, of course, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you're interested, Eurodollar University memberships, where we go into the nitty gritty details of global capital. Well, capital's the wrong word. Why capital's the wrong word? Exclusive videos at Eurodollar University for members as well as research content. And some of the stuff we're gonna be talking about here comes from a daily deep dive analysis I did yesterday about this mystery and missing money in China. That research subscription along with another, my daily briefing that's in partnership with Stephen Van Meter and Tracy Shukart at Markets Insider Pro. All the information you need on this stuff is at eurodollar.university. Now, they, someone once said, Never attribute to malice, which can be explained by incompetence or stupidity. So we look at the PBOC not updating its website, not updating its balance sheet numbers for November, already a month down the road. And we think, is, is, is this just something? Is this a quirk? Is this some kind of reasonably explained phenomena? Or is there something more gone? I mean, you never really want to go full conspiracy theory, but there's a lot happening in December not just the end of zero COVID in China, but more importantly, these missing funds. And it's a massive amount of money. Now, in one sense, does it really matter if the Chinese report their balance sheet? Because after all, using the PBOC's asset side of its balance sheet up until now has only deepened the mystery. Because what we see 
on the on the balance sheet is nothing. In other words, a straight flat line that goes back years where the Chinese have been essentially obscuring the forex side of its monetary equation. And the question is always why? And the answer is usually because the money isn't really missing, it's not there. So the money you think that should be there actually isn't there. So even when we do get the November update from the PBOC, we largely expect to see basically nothing. But still, it's curious as to why China hasn't reported its balance sheet figures for the month of December, particularly given what has gone on with the Chinese currency. Now, the Chinese currency, you would think, if China was, the economic prospects in China are going to be far better than they were, at least than they appeared to be a couple months ago or even a couple weeks ago, Chinese yuan, China's yuan, would continue to rebound as it has over the last several months. But no. Instead, like a lot of other currencies around the world, it's that rebound, the falling dollar rising other currencies, including CNY, seem to have hit a wall right around December 5th. So early December, like a lot of other currencies, including importantly, India's rupee, which stopped rebounding, stopped reversing on December 1st. Suddenly you get these negative dollar implications, including CNY, and you wonder what is going on here. In one sense, we know what's going on with CNY, we'll kind of have a rough idea, because back in September, the People's Bank of China had publicly announced that it was essentially deputizing commercial banks in China, the big commercial banks in China, to defend the yuan, which meant that as the yuan had careened lower and lower and lower, the PBOC was giving up on all of its own activities, whatever those might have been, and instead uh, pointing the finger at commercial banks and saying, this is your problem now. And then, of course, in October, those same commercial banks were spotted, I can't believe, borrowing in the swaps market, borrowing dollars in swaps markets in order to fulfill this late September mandate. And you might remember something about money, finance, volatility, all that bad stuff about September. The timing of that announcement wasn't any coincidence because what happened in London and UK in the gilt market, which took most of the Western world's attention, wasn't really about London, UK or UK gilts, except as far as UK gilts might, might form the basis of the collateral for collateral swap transactions. But by and large, we had a Eurodollar event that was hitting the rest of the world, including China, to the point where the Chinese said, we need to enlist the aid of commercial banks, the, the ability and capacity of commer Chinese commercial banks to enter into swap arrangements in order to supply dollars to the market that were not being supplied by the market. And that's really the mystery here, because by all accounts, China should be overflowing in dollars. This should be the opposite. Chinese banks should be stuffed to the brim with U.S. dollars in particular and able to just ship them off at exorbitant rates around the world to all the rest of the countries and co companies and banks around the world who are clearly short of dollars. That's why the dollar exchange value goes up. That's why we saw the financial mess, not just in the U.K., but all around the world in September, like we had in June, like we had in March. 
These are global currency disruptions, and there is no outward reason why that should should the, the Chinese should be a huge part of that. Because when we look at China's, at least its outward appearances, starting right from its trade balance, the Chinese have an enormous, historic, epic trade surplus in 2022. For one reason, they've been keeping imports down, which we'll get to that in a second. But by by the uh, the uh, estimation of China's General Administration of Custom, which is the government agency which is responsible for keeping track of exports and imports, their numbers show that for 2022, China's merchandise trades, just its merchandise trade sur surplus alone, was $802 billion. $802 billion, and that was only through November, which means there's another month to go in 2022. $802 billion. That's not total exports or imports. That's the difference between exports and it. There was $802 billion worth of more exports than there were dollar value of imports. That's just the surplus. So from that, from that alone, just this year, China should have received $802 billion more than it paid out for its pretty substantial imports. Where did that money go? As I said before, it didn't show up in the PBOC's balance sheet. And then as I talked about in that previous video about the missing other trillion, it didn't show up at SAFE either, the State Administration of Foreign Exchange in China, because according to SAFE, China's official reserves have been falling this year. Where did that 800 billion, and it's more than 802 billion, because China, by owning a lot of these foreign assets as foreign reserves, means it gets a lot more income and interest payments than it has to pay out because not a lot of people around the world own Chinese assets, Chinese debt. So on a net basis, we'd add around 70 billion roughly in net income receipts. So the 802 billion on a current on a balance of payment basis was probably going to be closer to 900 some billion. So what's a hundred, what's a couple hundred billion between friends? Let's round this up to another trillion. Would it matter if it's only half a trillion? At this point, the numbers are so huge, they become incomprehensible. And that's a huge problem here. Where did all that money go? It didn't go on the PBOC's balance sheet. It didn't get into safe. It just, it just seems as if it all vanished. So there's a couple of different explanations here. The one that I think most in the mainstream are somewhat comfortable with is that the dollars went in and then went right back out. In other words, the export funds kind of came into China, but maybe Chinese corporations there for financials weren't repatriating all those funds, leaving them offshore so that they never really reached the Chinese system. But that still doesn't account for what we've seen in CNY or the fact that commercial banks are active in the swaps market because being active in the swaps market says China is facing a dollar deficit. Not a surplus, not an offshore stash of funds that could be used to make up that funding gap, but an honest-to-goodness, huge, missing dollar funding shortage, which just so happens to be consistent with the other 
trillion that seems to have gone missing. And again, that other trend, there's caveats that apply there, market value of assets and other things at all. But what we're saying here is that China around the rest of the world, listen to remember what the Indians said about it, foreign outflows. China must be experiencing a massive, massive amount of outflows to the point that it has overwhelmed its trade and current account surpluses, its trade and investment surpluses, as well as triggering this commercial bank activity in order to try to fill in this major funding gap. These are, these are really bad signs. To the point there, again, going back to September, all of those things colliding and coming together and what produced a highly volatile, disruptive event, not just in financial markets, but also for the global economy. We're, we're living with the consequences of that right now. And that, I think, goes back to the, to the real problem here, is that from the dollar perspective, not the Western commentary or expert perspective, but from, from a dollar investment perspective, you look at China and you think, wow, China is an atrocious investment opportunity right now. Every, every investment that I've made in China, whether short-term or long-term, I need to get the hell out of there. And I don't mean zero COVID either. There are much larger structural problems, including this monetary imbalance that becomes self-feeding and self-reinforcing that says maybe a trillion dollars did just leave China or a trillion dollar funding gap has opened up because when you look around at China, honestly, there's a lot to be concerned about. Look at the economic numbers. I mean, we've talked about retail sales. Retail sales are a disaster, which many attribute to zero COVID. And that's the downside. Yes, retail sales were contracting in uh, October and especially November. But if you look at the trend in retail sales, that's been going down for years. So while the, low, the, the depths of the low are attributable to the lockdowns, there's a bigger problem going on in China's economy. What is that bigger problem? You see it in fixed asset investment. China's government said, we have wasted hundreds of billions on assets that are never going to pay off. Why are we using houses as investments rather than places to live in common prosperity? So fixed asset investment, especially private fixed asset investment, has been slowing for years. And then we look at China's external position, exports. Exports experienced a nominal resurgence with the supply shock and consumer price pressures and consumer price changes. But overall, the volume of goods not doing well, especially if 2022 into 2023, we see global recession finally hit, which seems to have happened to China in November. We saw the U.S. import number plummet in uh, for the month of November. Well, the Chinese had already reported their month of November. Exports were down 9%. Exports to the U.S. were down 25% year over year. So the Chinese had already warned us their external environment, including demand in the U.S., was falling. That's not zero COVID. That's global recession. And then there's the bigger problems here that underpin all of these things. We have these short-term issues to worry about, whether it be lockdowns or global recession, but the bigger issue is probably politics. Xi Jinping has made himself absolutely plain to all those who have an interest in listening to what the guy says. And if you're investing trillions of dollars in China, you had better listen to what the guy says. 
And what he has said consistently is that China is going to be going backwards towards toward its Maoist roots. That doesn't mean we're going to have a great leap forward in the same vein as the first disaster, first epic disaster, way, way back when under Mao. But the Chinese communists are attempting to do something radical all the same. They're saying we're no longer going to depend upon the global economy as our engine of growth because we can't. Ever since August of 2007, that ship has sailed, figuratively as well as literally. So the Chinese authoritarian approaches over the last couple of years, zero COVID in particular, are simply political responses to the economic environment, which is long run atrocious. So China's missing money may not be missing at all. It's a missing from some of the accounting numbers, but the fact that it's missing from those accounting numbers actually accounts for that missing money. In other words, the dollar system explains it all. The dollar economic environment, the dollar produced economic environment explains what we see or what we don't see in these numbers. And the fact that these numbers have gotten so obscenely huge is a warning sign. It's a warning that the problems here are not minor. They're not short run. It's not zero COVID lockdowns. It's euro dollar retreat. Same as it has been over the last 15 years. Only now we've got 15 years of decay piled on top of more problems coming along. I'd get my money out of China too, if I was, if I had any. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge, huge thank you to all the Eurodollar University members, as well as all the research subscribers. I truly appreciate it. And I wish you all a very happy new year, as best as possible, given all the circumstances we find ourselves with. So again, thank you very much. Until next time, take care.